Good morning and welcome to another episode of European Football Talk here on VIC Radio, the voice of Ithaca College. I'm Rocco DiMilo alongside Dean Gudik and Dylan Patemri. Guys, it's been a while. We're back from spring break. Back from spring break. Yeah, I was out, I was out last episode, so I uh, wasn't able to make an appearance. Um, so it's been a real long time for me. That's right, I forgot about that. And here yeah. comes Dylan Patemri coming off the touchline, making his return. Yeah, off the touchline indeed. Yeah. Speaking of touchline, I, I gotta get I gotta get back I gotta get myself back on the field when the summer comes around. I want to play soccer. It's been a while. Yeah, I've been soccer since like August. Yeah, I haven't played since the when I don't even know last time I played. Probably sometime over the summer with some friends or something. But I need to get back, get some touches in. I'd say the same thing. I'd say the same thing. Things get busy when you host the whole podcast, but uh, hey, let's uh, let's make ourselves busy right now and uh, let's get let's get into it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the world the World Cup qualifiers around UEFA to start off our first uh, segment. But um, you guys want to say? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, first up on the list will be will be pretty interesting, and I know it's going to be. A- Bit of a tough topic for you, Rocco, there. I was going to say, I think I may speak for you, Dylan, me, myself. I think you should start this one or take over this one that's coming up. Well, I mean, uh, man, I, I I don't know what to say regarding Italy and North Macedonia. I mean, I, I guess I guess I'm going to be saying what I've been saying since since the game happened. I mean, Italy does not have a striker. It is frustrating. They don't have a good quality striker that can drill the ball in the net. Like they, I like. It's it's really getting frustrating. It really is. I mean, Insigne and Immobile, they they don't they can't play on the national team just like they used to. You know, their their national team, you know, their skill on the national team is. Is done because it gets to a point where if you're a player and you play on the national team, you know it's you're not. I don't. I you you you. It's it's different. Club football is definitely different from international football, and it's it's very frustrating when you know you just can't when 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 you're when you're out there you just can't produce um, as strikers. You don't have a striker line that can produce. Italy's midfield, however, is different. It's great. You have Jorginho, Barella, Locatelli, uh, Verratti. I forgot about him. Um, their defense, they their defense did well for the for the for the most part during that game, even though they did not have any of their usual starters. Chiellini was out, or he wasn't out, but he got they rested him up, uh, hoping to play against Portugal. Uh, Bonucci Bonucci didn't dress him. They're still missing Spinazzola from the ruptured Achilles injury back in July of 2021 against Belgium. Uh, Di Lorenzo just got hurt um, a couple days prior in a game that he played for Napoli. Um, so, you know, they didn't have any of their starters, but defense was just not the problem. I mean, it was one of those things where you get, you, you know, you're dominant for 95% of the game. And then, you know, you just get one one good strike and it just goes in. It was one of those things. How many times have you seen a, uh, a football game like that, guys? 
You you see one team, one team that's dominant throughout the whole game. They don't score. And then come like somewhere between the 85th minute to stoppage time, they the other team, the the underdog gets one in and they go up one nothing. That is not the first time I've seen a game like that. Yeah, no, that happen- it happens quite a lot, and it's a tactic that some teams take of just sitting back. It's that uh, Jose Mourinho type of football where you play park the bus, and it's normally with teams um, that are in like lower quality like North Macedonia against a higher elite team like Italy where you sit back, and then with like 10 or 5 minutes left in the game, you start going full-out counterattack. Yeah, I was saying... I think it's felt like Italy, like, first of all, I was going to ask you this one. I think it was Verratti. I don't know if it was who. I mean, Verratti played a great game. The whole, I think everyone on the midfield line played a great game, really. There was, like, one instant where, like, it was, I think it was Verratti. It was, like, a wide-open net. And, it, and like, and Macedonia's goalie is just, like, that nowhere was, to be that found. Was, uh, that was Domenico Berardi. And I was just thinking, how do you got to bury that home? No, but here's the thing. See, let's well, It's see. easier said than done. It's easier said than, that's what I'm saying. It's. For all the for all the critics out there that are gonna that went after Berardi for that, this is what I have to say, right? It's easier said than done because if you if you look at that replay, yes, all right, yeah, he gave him the ball um, right to him, but number one, he was kind of caught a little bit off guard. If you really think about it, you know, you have to think about what's going through Berardi's head right there. He's kind of caught a little off guard. The ball goes right to him. And it's not like he's he's right in front, like he's in the middle. He's kind of on the angle, like on the right side of the box. So, and he's not even in the box either. He still had to make his way into the box. So, think about it. You're taking a couple strides. It's it's a mix between getting the ball, realizing that there's an open net, taking a couple strides, and getting a a good shot. Now, could he have put a little bit more power on that shot? Maybe. But you got to think, okay, yeah, if he takes a shot and drills it, there's a chance that he could put that over the bar. Because think about it. When you're in that under pressure, that that high pressure situation, and you see an open net, and you just drill it, hey, yeah, it could go in, but there's also a good chance that you could sail it over the bar because you might, you know, miss, like, shoot it. Like, it's not, you might not shoot it to the way that you're, that you anticipated because of that pressure that you're being put under. Yeah, I think it's just getting that experience and um, just being able to have that composure. Because when you get the ball and there's an open net, your your instant thought is just shoot the ball. Just get it as quick as you can and not really thinking about take that touch, compose yourself, and then bury it in the back of the net. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. But back to the game, if you don't mind. it. I was just stunned. I think I think that that is one of like the biggest. Uh, that has got to be one of the biggest upsets ever. It was it oh, was just absolutely. so. I mean, I know this is not uh, football, but I mean this is March. I mean I know I know this is not college bas a college basketball sco- show, but this is March. Even outside of college basketball, there's still chaos in sports. And this week it was Italy and Macedonia, but Macedonia it's like you know it was like field tilt if that makes sense. You know Italy had more possession, more shots. However, the only difference was, you know, they didn't get a lot of their chances didn't go. Then Macedonia took the one chance they had, went the other way. It was in the 92nd minute. I think it was all, it was a goal kick that started everything. Yep. Yeah. And then Jorginho, I think, is c- claiming for a handball. Yeah. While his, like chess. While Tridovsky, I think it, it was his name that yeah. scored, goes down and just shoots. I'm not going to say it's lucky, but I'm not going to say it's skill. 
like I think it was a good finish. I thought it was. I, I thought it was a good finish. I wouldn't say that's lucky. I, I, I wouldn't say it's lucky at all. I thought it was a good finish, timed it perfectly, and then at that point, I just felt like it was just a pin drop in Palmero, and just the whole like the whole team was just it, it was just stunned. Like I know we I know we mentioned this with Jake Shelley. Uh, when we brought up his dad, Greg Shelley, here. The, the mental factor. factor, the it factor. Mm-hmm. Italy didn't have it that day. And just um, after that goal, just like the mentally they were just defeated. Yeah, you got to wonder if they're going to maybe start changing up who's going to be starting up top. Maybe Immobile doesn't get the start and whenever the next qualifiers come. Well, that, that's been, the, that's been the, the topic of conversation, you know, for quite a while now because I read a tweet sometime after the game about how Italy has they, they need to start rotating in their younger talent because they, they can't be playing these guys like Immobile and Insignia who don't score anymore. Mm-hmm. Kiza, they have Kiza and he's great, but he was hurt. Yeah, think exactly. I think he'll be a great option up top for them. I think I think getting a fluid front three would be a lot better for Italy. I think something along those lines. They need to start making room for. They need to start making room for the younger guys that they have up top. Mm-hmm. They have Scamacca, they have uh, Raspadori, both on Sassuolo, mm-hmm. and those those are great guys. I mean, granted, they're still a little young. They're still a little young right now. I mean, but four years from now, four years they're going to have yeah. to be the guys. Oh, yeah. But here's another thing: where was Moise Keane? That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Mancini did not bring up Moise Keane, yeah. and he hasn't been, and I don't know why. That doesn't make sense to me. He, he, I mean, I don't think he's been playing a lot at Juve, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, he know he's a young striker who knows how to put the ball in the net, and he's played at the international level before. So why has he not been calling him up? And, and he chooses Immobile and Insigne over guys like Raspadori, uh, Keane, and so on and so forth. I mean, it's it's kind of you know it's just it's not some something's wrong. Like something's not something's not right. It's mm-hmm. it's you know you got to start making this room for these these younger kids, this younger talent. And I think that's what's going to be happening uh, within these next four years. Because I mean, I by time the next four years comes around, I mean. The whoever whoever's going to be coaching that team. I mean, currently it's Mancini. He has a contract until twenty six with Italy. Um, they said, you know, he's saying that he's he's probably going to announce the fate of his future uh, within these next couple of days because now they now they're going to they're now they're going to play a friendly against Turkey, mm-hmm. the team that lost to Portugal. Um, why? They, yeah, I was confused by the fact that they were playing that game as well, but. Um, apparently you play a friendly again. You know, the two losers play a friendly. I didn't know that. But anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so that's what's happening. And, um, you know, he said that after that he's going to announce, you know, what he's going to do with his future. Mm-hmm. Do I think he should leave? I mean, you know, it's – it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard because he just won the Euro too. He brought them from – he brought them from the ground up. And now he's back to you know not making the World Cup with the team, as he mentioned was the ultimate objective when he got hired. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It's should he stay? I mean, maybe. Why not? But if you're gonna stay, you gotta understand that you need to start putting in your younger talent that you have within, like you know, the country because yeah. 
Immobile and Insignia, they're not working. Yeah, you got to start mixing it up and putting in some... It's it's not working. You got to put in a different lineup. You got to yeah, try man. and switch things up. Maybe even like... I don't know, because I, I look at this Italy team and midfield, even like on the bench, absolutely stacked. So I wonder if you almost change up your formation and make it more midfield heavy and make it more possession-based in the midfield, build up play, maybe have two guys up top that you're working towards, getting the ball towards, and finishing it inside the box. I, I think with the midfielders that Italy has, I think running four mid midfielders in there and just dominating possession and building up play, I think could really benefit them. I agree. I, they have a lot of talent in that midfield, too. So relying on your strength, I think, would play to Italy's advantage. And all I'm going to say is they, there's going to be a lot of questions for Italy to answer in these upcoming days, and um, well, let alone even after the game. But it, it should be interesting to see uh, Mancini's future and just how this team responds. I mean, this is the first time they missed the World Cup back-to-back years. And it's crazy to say it, too, because they're a blue blood. And what I mean by that is, like, they're one of the historic brands, historic countries in football. You know, when you think of football, you think of, you know, countries like England, France, Italy, Spain, uh, Germany, Portugal, you know, those type of countries. Uh, Of course, also Argentina and Brazil and Uruguay. But I'm talking about in terms of European soccer. Italy's mm-hmm. one of the forefront historic clubs, um, clubs, countries, and it's it, it just it's kind of stunning to see a, a, a blue blood like that just go out and just back to back times, no World Cup. And the first one I believe was against Sweden in the playoff. Yep. And now this one against Macedonia, which is insane. Well, at least Elif Elmas moves on for you, there, yes. Rocco. Who? Elmas. Elmas. Oh yeah, Elmas. He's he's North Macedonia. He's a Napoli midfielder. He's yeah. he's really good too. Yeah, no, he's he's really really good. Um, he didn't play. He didn't even play. He, no, game. he didn't play though. That's weird. He I'm surprised that because he's he's such a great talent. I don't um, know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be playing against Portugal or mm-hmm. what the case is. But um, it's going to feel weird. Not I don't know why. Like maybe this was me. This last game, it felt weird for me to see Macedonia. Not with Pandev on the Yeah, pitch. that like, was weird to that, me. Like, I thought to myself, like when I think of Macedonia football, I, this is the first guy that comes to mind. Yeah, Basically, I, the I told my roommates this because when they walked in, like, why are you talking about this Pandev guy? And I said, he's basically the Iron Man of football. A guy who's yeah. involved in basically every match for Macedonia for a long time. They played Pandev football that night, though. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's probably enough. We'll 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 leave Italy alone. We'll, we'll leave Italy alone. We'll, we'll leave Italy a little bit and move on. Um, the next matchup we have is uh, Portugal versus Turkey, which was actually a pretty interesting match. Um, Portugal did dominate um, the majority of it, but uh, they came out with the three-one victory. As you know, I didn't really watch the match because I was mm-hmm. watching the other match going on in that yeah. bracket. Um, how did I mean? I just saw that the score was, you know, one nothing, two one, two nothing, two one, and then. Yeah, I mean, from from what I saw was, um, it was basically Portugal was dominating from the Portugal could have won by a lot more than three to one. I mean, Jota had a basically tap in from a free kick cross from Missed. on the right side. Yeah, it was like on the six yard box. He tapped in, skied it over the post. Um, 
Ber- Bernardo Silva, who I absolutely love. He hit a absolute wonder strike off the post, which uh, Octavio was able to tap in, and that's what gave them the one nothing lead to start it off. Yeah, I mean, this game, I got to say, Portugal, even watch this game, Portugal, they, they passed the ball really well. They played mm-hmm. very good soc- uh, football. Um, caught myself there. Uh for it was fifth, yeah, fifteenth minute. Otavio scores off a. I mean, you gotta. I mean, like I said, gotta put that home. You know, hits the post and it comes to yeah. one nothing. Jota makes it two zip. Barak Yilmaz made it interesting. It was two one, and then they had a chance to tie up the game. Yeah, they got a penalty shout, and then Yilmaz, who who had who hits the crossbar, I believe. No, he sailed that he over. Sails he over sailed the it over the net. He didn't hit the crossbar. He and sails it over the net. He's he's saying. someone who's normally really good at penalties as well. Um, that's like he's like a big guy who's good at finishing, and uh, he plays for Lille as well. Um, he's he's someone they normally rely on, and he that that first goal he scored, the one two he played where they made it through six defenders and made it look oh, so easy. It was so beautiful. Um, but yeah, he's got to put that away. That was a chance to make it 2-2. That, I think, right there was when they were defeated. That just changed the game completely. Because then, after the miss, Portugal, I mean, just puts it away. And they take the, every possession back. Yeah. Back. I mean, I, I was hoping it, he would have scored because I thought, oh my god, 2-2 heading into extra time after being down 2-zip would be, like, the, uh, it would be interesting to see how Portugal responded, but... Yeah, no, that was a golden chance for Yilmaz right there. And just the sale, it was like, yeah, no. It just felt at that point, Turkey's defeated. Like, you get a golden chance like that to tie up the game, and there mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah, it was it was interesting because there was, like, th- there was about, like, three handball shouts or something like that throughout the game. The first one was in, like, the 24th minute against Turkey. Uh, Ronaldo, like, chopped the ball back, and it hit that guy's arm. I don't know if you guys saw that, but... Um, I, I wouldn't have called that a handball. It was within, like, two feet of the player, and his hands were by his side, and there was nothing he could do about it. Um, and even before they got the penalty in the 84th minute, in the 69th minute, Yilmaz had another penalty shout. A uh, guy came from behind and hit him, but I think he fell a little easily down, and I think that's why the, the ref didn't give anything. I think... Portugal is definitely one of those teams where they're they've had a good youth sector for mm-hmm. some time now, and you know you're gonna start you're gonna start to see them make some some great noise uh, on the international level, uh, you know within these next couple of years for sure within like this World Cup, um, the next Euro for sure I think, um, they they've they've been they've been nice like on the on like the just from from starting from their from the youth sectors like i said i mean they're i don't know they're they're gonna be nice and and you know i'm not sure how far they'll go in the world cup but um no nah, i i hey there's not much to say i mean portugal um they're they've always been a good team um you know they just i don't think they've done enough i don't think anyone thinks they've done enough um but i think within these next couple of years um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they do, especially considering how Ronaldo is gonna you know he's getting old little by little. Um, well, I don't even think that's a problem for Portugal in my in my honest opinion that's right what I'm now. Saying. It's not it's barely a problem. Like, do you see the bench that they had against Turkey? You've got guys like 
while while he has struggled a little bit, he's picked it up. Zhao Felix, who can easily take over. Rafael Leao, who's had a tremendous season this year for AC Milan. Um, you've got Nuno Mend, who plays on uh, PSG. He's a left back. Could easily take over uh, for Guerrero, who's getting up there in age. So there's there's your left back replacement. You've got Thiago Jallo, who's a youth guy coming out of Lille. Can take over that center back for Jose Font, who's getting up there as well. Yep. Like, Andre Silva, for who plays for Leipzig. Like... All these guys, and even mentioned Gancalo Guedes, who's really good as well. Like their bench could be a really solid starting eleven as well. Um, in like in that game, Ronaldo like was decent, but Diego Jota, he is so good. He has exploded off scene once he he was playing so good for Wolves. Had that breakout year, moved to Liverpool, and has just been phenomenal in challenging Bobby Firmino for that starting spot. J- Jota was my man of the match that game. He's He plays so well. I I love him. I thought... Wow. I thought Jota was... <laughs> I thought Jota was also man of the match. He played a really... He played a really great game. He had a huge goal in that second half that puts him up 2 nothing. That second goal is always important in football, especially when you're up one zip. Instead of giving one back, making it 1-1, one, uh, one, one, he makes it 2-zip. Uh, I mean, this is a, Portugal. Like you said, I feel like Portugal's always had a deep team, even with you know a young project and Jao Felix who's still there. They they have a lot of talent. My only thing is though. Well, granted, they won the Euros, taking the next step, especially in the World Cup. Like they're mm-hmm. one of those countries that feel like you have everything, and you just need that next step. And then like yeah, they get knocked out in the first round after the um the I don't I don't know what it, the group is it called the group stage the when they do what about when for the world cup like once it they do the group stage where they play all other three teams in the the um bracket and then move on is that called the group stage yeah 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 yeah. so the the round after the group stage they normally seem to get knocked out of in the world cup right in the first round yeah exactly so they just they need to make that next step I'm watching the clip right now in the 55th minute. Who was it that who was it that it was it was Turkey's goal he came out um after a, a goal kick. Oh, that was that was Jota. That was Jota? Yeah, he sailed it over the net. Right. My that, that's not the problem. The problem is why did Kurt, Turkey's goalie Yeah, I have no clue. all that. Shakir? Shakir, that's his Chakir. name. Shakir. Yeah. He has a little uh <laughs> Well, that's his. Why name. did he do that? You get, the, you get it. Why did he do that? Uh, just a just a mishap. I mean, that's what you're gonna get no, when you have not, a little. You don't ever see that. Yeah, I know it was a bit crazy. I mean, it worked for him. So I mean, yeah, it did. But Football why, as a goalie, why are you gonna put yourself through that? Why are you gonna come out? All you're gonna come all the way out of your box. Um, throw him to, off guard. I don't know, man. Uh, that was weird. But uh, yeah. What? Oh, okay. No, we'll probably move on to the next right. game. Yeah, Wales. Wales Bales. Wales Bales. <laughs> Wales in Austria. He's just a different, like, He's animal again, when he plays with Wales. Like, so, some other team's got to get him away from Real Madrid because he, he just does not like it there. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he, I mean, we've, we've, seen the, we've seen the flag that says Wales, Golf, Real Madrid in that order. Which is his priorities. He do- he doesn't like it there. He had a loan spell to Spurs last year, and he played decent, but he has that ability. So I... then explain that 
explain that photo of him losing lots of his muscle mass. Wasn't that from like him just not playing a lot? His what? Remember that photo um, of him? Just like that, that he, it showed how like skinny his legs were. Oh yeah, because he because he just sits on the bench at Real Madrid. They don't even use they, him. They don't. They don't even play him. That's. I mean, I don't see why. Why? I mean, I don't know. He's probably one of the most underappreciated players ever to play for Real Madrid. But to be fair, he never bothered to learn Spanish. He he never even bothered. He's been there for at least like seven, eight years now. He hasn't even bothered to learn Spanish, which just shows you that like he doesn't care. He doesn't really care about the the club or anything. Yeah. Is that so? Like, he hasn't learned Spanish? I mean, he probably knows a couple phrases, but, uh, like, he he can't speak Spanish. Like, he can probably understand a bit. I mean, if you live there, like, you're going to be able to pick up on phrases and understand, but he doesn't speak it. I was going to also say, like, another thing is, would you say also, like, injury-wise has also affected him? Because he's been known to have a ton of you know, his hamstring injuries that take a toll on him. Yeah, he's been he's he he's a bit injury prone as well. Um, but I mean, when you're a winger like him who's fast and quick, you're bound to get kicked a lot and um, beat up. But like, he's so underappreciated there. I mean, he he was a part of the team that won three Champions Leagues in like four seasons, and he had a bicycle kick in the Champions League final against Liverpool, which I still don't think people talk about. Everyone talks about. Uh, Ronaldo's bicycle or kick Ramos against Juve, or Ramos, yeah, in injury time, putting um, ball away. But like, he had a bicycle kick in the Champions League final. Like, what else could you dream of doing other than that? Um, but I mean, we'll move in back into this game: Wales versus Austria. I mean, the twenty-fifth minute, Bale gets on that free kick. Can you hit a better free kick than that? That was like top right corner. It, it was just phenomenal. To I I saw that was watching that game live. I was watching that game and I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, no, that was sick. I saw that. That was um, that was cool. And then um, he he scored the second goal as well for them in the fifty first minute. It was off a corner. Um, ball kind of got like away from guy. He picks it up off balance, falling to the side and buries it cross by like. It's insane how well he plays for Wales, and then you see him go and play for Madrid now, or just in general, and he just doesn't even get selected. It's different. It's crazy how how a star can play, how differently a star can play, depending on what team he's on. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like we were just talking about Immobile with Italy. He's great yeah. with Lazio, but with Italy, he's he's he can't he can't put the ball in. Yeah, it's, and yeah, keep going. No, no, no. I was just going to say, it's just, it's crazy how stuff like that works sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a chemistry thing for sure. No, nah, but Bale had a great game. Yeah, but it's it's crazy because this game could have gone a whole different direction. In the fifth minute, um, Sabitzer played through Bumpgartner wide open with a chance. Like the whole Wales defense just separated and he he hit the crossbar. And, and like it was a 1v1 hit the crossbar. It could have changed the whole dynamic of the entire game um but that just opened up the the window for bale to um take over i mean wales put such great pressure and does such a good job at um high pressing and they've got those fast guys up there like you've got bale and then also dan james who plays with Leeds. um he's really really fast um he's also pretty young too i think he's like 22 or something like that so um wales team is pretty interesting 
24. He's 24? Oh, wait. Still pretty young, though. He's still young. Yeah, no, he's yeah. still they young. Got, they got a fast front. That, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a front. Bale and James. James Bale. Huh. That's a lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot of. That's a lot of pace up front. But yeah, no, that free kick was awesome. That I mean, Wales played a perfect game. Sabitzer scored to make it two one. Yeah, that was it. Was unlucky on uh, Davies with that yeah, deflection. I was gonna say a little unlucky bounce, a little unlucky ricochet. But, mm-hmm. Uh, this huge win for Wales. I, I mean, this, I believe this moves them on. This will determine who they play in the World Cup qualifiers Tuesday. I believe they await the winner of Ukraine Scotland. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they have to wait till that game gets played. Obviously, with the the war going on in Ukraine, they haven't been able to uh, play yet. Um, so that game's been postponed. So I don't know when that game will be played. I'm guessing they're gonna try and do it as soon as possible because the World Cup is starts in November, I believe. So probably by the summer, they're gonna hope to get that done. Um, Sweden and Czech Republic. I mean. Not much to uh... yeah. The, this this wasn't really that much of a exciting game, I guess. I mean, um, I honestly don't have a whole lot. I didn't watch the game, and it, to it be honest, I went to go try and find some highlights to see the game, and I found like some kid playing FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you're gonna find a lot on YouTube or yeah. Twitter. So, I mean, EA does say it's in the game. Um, yeah, no, there is hates in the game. I mean, there wasn't much say here. I didn't watch as much. I did see that it did go to extra time. It was mm-hmm. nil nil, and then uh, Quaison. I'm, I'm, I, I probably butchered. I think it. it's Quaison. Quaison. Quaison gets the 110th minute winner. Sweden moves on. Yeah, I think Sweden's the better team overall. I mean, they've got they've got some good young, and I think Zlatan's going with them to the World Cup if they make it. He'll come out of retirement. The the Ferrari among Fiat. <laughs> yeah. Man. Zlatan is different, but um, that's going to do it for our first segment in which we talked about the World Cup qualifiers of UEFA. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the Serie A, so don't don't go anywhere. European Football Talk is coming up later on. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 for the new music show right here on VIC Radio, the voice of Ithaca College. As the midterms roll by and the tests and quizzes pile up by the day, if you feel like you're a little in over your head, consider finding yourself a free tutor and the ithaca.edu slash tutoring page online, getting yourself matched up with someone in whatever classes you need, and working out times that fit around your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. When the red flashing lights on a school bus come on and the stop sign comes out, you must stop. In New York State, you cannot move again until the red flashing lights go off and the stop sign is retracted, or until the driver or a traffic officer signals it is okay to pass. You must stop even on the opposite side of a divided highway. If you decide it's okay to risk a child's life and pass a stop school bus, you could face fines or even have your license revoked. Is it really worth it? Always obey the school bus stopping law in your state. Now back to the discussion. You are listening to VIC Weekend Sports Talk Shows. Welcome back to European Football Talk here on VIC Radio. We just talked about 
the UEFA World Cup qualifiers. Now let's move on to our next segment, the Italian Serie A. And I must say, it's it's going to be it's hard. It's one of those things where now it's going to be tough to you know give um, the Italian Serie A the 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 not the hype but like the credit it has being a top five league in Europe, considering what this national team just did again. So. Well, I mean, they've they've got a quite a variety. I mean, I know there's a ton of Italians that play, obviously, in Serie A. That's what you're going to get with any league. It's going to have majority of its nationality. But I would say out of a lot of leagues, that Serie A has quite a good variety of different nationalities. Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree. So why don't we get right into it? I mean, this title race, guys, it's it's... It's been insane the first time we talked about it, and it's staying insane. It I think is, it's gotten better. I, I was gonna say, you know, it's like you know, it's like we all we all go on spring break. We're like sitting on European football talk. I'll oh, see you later. Come back. Oh my god, we've been gone for a week, and this is what you leave me with: chaos in the city. Yeah, I mean, things have tightened up to a point where it's become potentially a four-team race. I mean, for for number one, especially with number four in the city of standings. They're, I mean, they've looked outside of one game that they, well, fumbled in the Champions League. They've looked really good in Serie A play. What team? Juventus. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Juventus has had has been rejuvenated. I mean, obviously, the addition of Dusan Vlahovic has been phenomenal for them. I mean, it's been just like a perfect fit. They slot him in up top there, and he works out. Like, that doesn't happen often either, that... uh a player can just slot into a spot and just start playing phenomenal and great out out the start. When was the last time we talked about the Serie A, which was our first episode? Mm-hmm. Inter was at the top. They were, yeah. Yes, Inter was at the top. Now, now look at it. It's Milan with sixty six, Napoli with sixty three, Inter with sixty. And Juve with 59. They do have a game in hand, though, and Inter. They're that one game true. behind yeah, the other ones. That. You can't forget I th- that. Yeah, I don't know what team that would be. No, Inter's against... behind Napoli and uh, AC Milan. If they win, they would they, they would jump they, to they would, second. They would, they would jump, jump to second. second. Because yeah. goal differential, yeah. 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 It's insane. We left, like I said, with Inter on top, and Juve looked out of it, too, like that they wouldn't at least try and get themselves back into the number one race. And now, I mean... I, listen, I don't. Do I still think they win the city? I no, but I do think you know being seven points behind is not bad at all whatsoever. It still gets them in back into the race. So compared to where they were, oh, yeah. especially how where they start, how considering how they started off the season, right. you, you can't have, you couldn't have asked for a better recovery for Juventus. So and and Dusan Vlahovic has been a huge part of that, and it just seems like he's rejuvenated a whole Juventus offense. It just felt like you know. The one thing Juve was missing, and we mentioned this on our show early on in the semester, they were missing that purified striker, that that certified goal scorer, and Dusan Vlahovic is that guy. And he was we, when we last talked about this too before Juve won on the run. He was on Fiorentina, and we talked about mm-hmm. how he was tied for number one in goals in Serie A. And now, I mean, that's what he's 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 he's, create, he's generating chances for Juventus, and he's capitalizing on them, which certainly helps him. They yeah. needed to do something considering their injuries. I mean, Weston McKinney has been out. Also, Dybala's future. Dybala, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dybala's future. 
that's that's obviously been that's probably been been lingering over his head for quite a while now. Um, you're missing Chiesa. Um, they needed they needed reinforcements quick, and so I mean, hey, they they did phenomenal by getting uh, Vlahovic, but um, you know it's 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 going to be crazy to see if. Do you think they can win, Serie A? Juventus? No. No, I said I don't think. I you just don't said, think so? I said I think they're going to inch closer. I think this. I mean, obviously compared to where they were, this is better for them. Right. But I still think it's going to be either Napoli or AC Milan. I don't think you. I think Juventus at most is going to go to number three, but I don't think they're going to get number one or number two. I mean, but there's they could very well. Do. There's eight games left. They could very well do. That's it. That's twenty four points on the table. There. And their next game is against Inter. That's the biggest game for on April. What is that? April third, something like that. April yeah, 3rd. but so like I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I say that, and then also Milan can also have get twenty four points as well, obviously. Um, but they're only seven points behind, so they would need Milan to drop like two games in a draw. And so I would say to your question, Rocco, if Juve wants to win the league, they have to win out. Oh yeah. So they have to. They I don't. I don't they can't that. lose. They can't lose. They can't. They can't lose another game. Yeah. Um. But Milan is playing great football. right they now. They are. Yes. Yeah. Great football They're right now. Really good. Giroud is Olivier Giroud. He's he's, he's almost the top France goal scorer right. now. And, and, and let me guess. What former former Chelsea man? Right? He is a former Chelsea man. But I just like I like Giroud even before he played for Chelsea. I think he's underrated. Milan just have a very stacked team right now. And um, Leao's doing great. Yep. Um, Giroud is finding the back of the net. You know, things. everything's just going right for... And Mike Nunn is such a great keeper. Mm-hmm. He's so good. I mean, he's he's unfortunate to lose out um, the France starting position, but that's just because of how long Hugo Lloris. But in, like, next year's World Cup, he'll he'll be there. Also Zlatan. Yeah, Zlatan's Zlatan just... Solid he hasn't been playing, eight, though. Well, eight, well, he hasn't been playing, goal, though. Eight goals in the season's not bad. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, but he hasn't been playing a lot, though. What do you think? I mean, is... Wait, is he injured? I thought he was. No, he's not. Well, he's not. I thought he was... No. He was. He was injured he for was, a little but not, bit. I don't think right is now, he back? he was. You know who Inter need? Who? Inter need Lukaku back. They can take him for, like... 60 mil. No, Lukaku yeah. wants to go back. I know That's he wants problem. to. He wants to go he back. He does want to go back. He says it all the time. I mean, he's literally. He's not He's not getting playing time because uh, he just doesn't fit into the, the problem was is he didn't try to adjust his playing style. He thought that Chelsea would adjust their playing style to him, but that wasn't the case, and he's just not getting playing time. So he's probably going to – he wants to go back, so he there's a very good chance he goes back in the summer. And with Napoli hanging in there, it's, mm-hmm. you know. It's your uh, last hope there. What's up? I said it's your last hope there. It really is. I mean, this is going to look a lot like 2017, 2018 for me um, if they don't make it. We're going to have to get Rocco a towel. He'll be spotting bullets for the next eight match days. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm looking at the remaining schedule. Um, Who, Napoli's? Yeah, they don't play. I mean, it's a good and bad thing. They don't play any of the other top four teams in their remaining eight games. Um, they do face uh, Atalanta. Atalanta, Fiorentina, and Roma. That's a three-game stretch that's going to 
determine their season right there. All Europa League uh, potential teams right there. Mm-hmm. And then and then they finish out Empoli. Empoli is that how you say it? Empoli. Empoli, Sassuolo, Torino, Genoa, and Spezia, which are like like okay teams. But I think I I think Napoli has a, a very good chance though. I mean, now here's the problem. So for Atalanta, uh, Osimhen is going to be out because of a uh, yellow card accumulation. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, he's he's suspended for that next game. Who um, starts up top for them then? Who's their? They they'll probably they're probably going to have to adjust their formation and play Insigne, um, Mertens, and uh, Politano or gotcha. Lozano. Mm-hmm. Um, Di Lorenzo, uh, he's going to be out for at least the next month because of uh, his injury that he just had mm-hmm. uh, last week against Verona. Um, let's see. Petania, who cares about Petania? He's – no, I'm serious. He's so bad. Like, he's so bad. I have a question. The way you said that, that's why. I have a question. Uh, does – what's his name? Like, Fiozzi Gula? Does he still play for the team? Oh, he does. He does. He just he just doesn't he, – he doesn't start. He I, used to start. I remember he was really good, and he nah, was like he was linked good. with a lot of moves at one point. He was good, but the re- he got he got bombarded with a bunch of ACL injuries. Oh, okay. I was like gonna say back to back. I was gonna say he like just fell off. Like I remember he was like one of like he was coming up and being one of the best left backs in the world. No, he was he was nice. Yeah, Mulan was nice, and he still is. I mean, he can still play, mm-hmm. but he the he's he's still very good. He's still very um talented, but. Problem is, he got two ACL injuries back to back. He easily had to have missed like an accumulated total mm-hmm. of like two years. Gotcha. Okay, um, that makes sense. Meret, the goalie. Um, Ospina takes that starting role anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramani, he's going to be suspended too. Oh um, wow! Yeah, he's he's going to be suspended too. Uh, another. Yeah, he got yellow card accumulation too. Um, Need some better discipline over there in Napoli. Uh yeah, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, De Lorenzo's gonna be out. Unas, I didn't know he was injured. Um, but hey, I mean they still have another week mm-hmm. to see who's gonna be back and who's not. Uh, like all these guys that are out. Like um, oh yeah, Angisa, he's apparently out right now too. But again, that might change within this next week. Yeah, I mean they got a week to to come back, but yeah, I don't see how. These guys who uh, it doesn't it doesn't say that they're out out like it doesn't say like they're out long term, um, but it just says like they're kind of like day to day. Zambo, Angisa, uh, man. Yeah. Um, Unas, I, f- I forget if the last time Britannia. when we talked about this, I think I picked Inter to stay at top, and now that prediction's not looking too too pretty right now. They uh, they they've been they've been they've been giving up just too many games lately like they mm-hmm. they haven't their their recent form has not been what they're used to what yeah used to seeing them, and they got knocked out by liverpool in the champions league as well so i wonder if that had a a factor in but yeah i'm looking i'm looking at their previous matches been happening oh that's an interesting when they the uh milan derby or whatever i don't know what they call that over there um, but both teams red carded, but um, Milan came out with the two one win, tied Napoli. They lost to Sassuolo, two nothing. They 
Drew with Genoa, so they're just dropping points all over the place. Um, but I, th- I think we wanted to talk a bit about Sassuolo, right? About yeah, their... Sassuolo. I mean, they are definitely looking. They're they're one of those dark horse teams in Serie A, like just like Verona were. Verona uh, mm-hmm. and Sassuolo, they were, they were, um, they were good team. I mean, they they still are good teams. They're not complete. But mm-hmm. they uh they have some young stars, uh Sassuolo especially, uh with uh Scamaca and Raspadori. Mm-hmm. They are lethal together. And Berardi. Do they play up top together? What do you know what I'm pretty they sure play? they do. I'm pretty sure they do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to look at that, but Yeah. Oh, let me see if I can pull up this lineup right now. Well this lineup has Defrel starting, so that's that's kind of interesting, and they won now in four nothing. But Berardi was up top um, for that game, but it looks like they run a four three three. So I think Raspadori's played um, attacking mid for them sometimes too, as well. Though, if if I'm not mistaken, um, so maybe oh, that is how they play it. Yeah, they play like a a four two a four two a four two one type of formation with Raspadori in behind Skamaka is what is what I'm yeah, seeing yep, here. Yeah, that's that's yeah, no, you got it right there. They have they have four in the back, uh like two kind of holding. Two holding. Um and then they have Traore, uh Raspadori and Berardi right behind Skamaka. So they play Skamaka as that false nine. Yeah, Maxi Lopez is actually a solid player as well. One of their holding mids. Right. He's he's pretty solid too. Now is because I I don't know, so I'm gonna ask you: Is would they be a seller this summer? Would they sell those guys, or would they be more likely inclined to hold on to them, just based off like previous history? Um, yeah, I mean they they haven't they haven't really been. It's weird because Sassuolo just got into Serie A um, about I would say five six years ago. Gotcha. And they've stayed pretty consistent ever since. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they would last, uh, but they're they're staying. Um, so it's kind of hard to say. Um, I know Berardi is on the on the block to get you know sold, mm-hmm. uh, or I think he's a free agent. I'm not sure. I have to double check that. But um, I hear that uh, he's he's leaving. Apparently, Napoli. Uh, Inter are looking at him. Um, there are some teams that are looking at him. So it might be interesting to see what they do with Berardi. However, with Raspadoni and Scamaca, I'm not sure. I think they're going to stay. Um, yeah, I don't think they've generated enough um, enough hype to... Uh, like, they haven't, like they haven't been a Vlahovic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe next season if they have a breakout, then that's when you'll see it. But... Um, it's really just based off need as well, because not many, not many Italian sides need a striker right now either. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Inter, but yeah, Inter maybe. Um, let's see, Juve. They're kind of stri- there's they're they're, set they're now. stacked with uh, strikers. So is Milan. Milan's Milan's set. I mean, Milan is set. If if anyone needs a striker, and I know this is gonna sound biased, but it's Napoli because mm-hmm. yeah, they have they have Osiman. He's great. Um, but you could tell that he's kind of after that injury they took with his cheekbone, and I mean 
this might this might change after the summer. Mm-hmm. But um, he's not as fast paced as he was beforehand. Now, like I said, that kept him out for a while, and he had COVID um, for the second time. So, because I remember he had COVID last year too, around the same time. Mm-hmm. So he had the cheekbone injury, plus he got COVID. So, I mean, he probably. I'm sure he's getting his form back, um, but um, and like I said, things might change over the summer. But he he's still great. Don't get me wrong; he's still phenomenal for Napoli. He he gets Napoli out of the trouble that they get themselves into sometimes. But um, no, it's you know he's he's good. But then they don't have a crazy good striker. Insignia is not what he used to be, mm-hmm. and he's leaving anyway. Um, Neither is Mertens. Mertens. Mertens, has he been injured? No, nah, they just don't. They just don't play him. He's they they play Osimhen and Insigne and Politano. Oh, and, gotcha. And Lozano. No, not Lozano. I forgot who else they play. Um, I don't know. I have to look. I have to look at that. But um, he he they don't they don't play him a lot. He's mm-hmm. a good reinforcement for sure. Um, but um, they haven't been playing him a lot as of late. Um, they have Petania. Oh, right, right. They have Petania, but here's the thing. Petania is, a, Petania is another guy behind who they play behind Osimhen mm-hmm. um, uh, as a sub. But even but you need to understand Petania is not a good striker at all. Yeah. He's not good. He's 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 he's, he's got a big build, mm-hmm. but he's slow, and he can't – he's – He's he's put the ball in a couple times, but he can't. He, no, he's not. He's not nearly as skilled as Osimhen. And no, Napoli. It's Napoli that needs a striker. If anyone, if anyone out of those big teams um, at the top of the table right now, Napoli needs a good reinforcing striker um, that can, you know, play those roles that Insigne played. Uh, that Insigne currently plays that he's not going to be able to play anymore. Um, they need someone better than Petania. They need someone that can um, replace Osimhen when he's hurt. So, if any, if if there's if there's a big team in Italy that needs a striker, it's Napoli. Well, I'll tell you something. I was just looking because I know Arsenal was interested in Vlahovic, which they were probably never ever going to win. So I was thinking maybe Skamaka could go to them. But I actually just saw this. I guess Inter Milan is making uh, a claim for Skamaka for this this summer transfer window, um, and it says uh, that he's destined to join Inter Milan. So that seems like maybe he's interested in in um, joining them and going there. So that's that's actually. Um, Kind kind of interesting. I di- I didn't think that was gonna be the case, but we were just talking about how Inter probably needs a another uh, center forward for their team. It's crazy too because they're also known like have talent up front. Jekko has been very good for them this season. Jekko, I believe, has twelve goals on the year for in- Inter. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know. I I couldn't yeah, confirm. No. Wait, confirm say that, that again. I said Jekyll's got. I said no. It's crazy because when you said Inter needs a center forward, that they it's crazy because they have a lot of these guys who can attack up front. You know, I said Jekyll has twelve goals on the season. Yeah, and I said I, I was just making sure. And then I think Lautaro wants out though, doesn't he? Granted, no well, idea. 
I, I feel like I've heard rumors that he's getting kind of sick and tired there, but I don't know. I feel like I heard that last year as well. I feel like I've heard this a few times. Let's see. Martinez has 14 goals in the year. It just feels like they need one more piece up front. Yeah, I mean... But it'll be interesting to see because, like you said, Martinez. Let's see about Martinez's future. And it looks like Inter is looking at Dybala. They're looking at Dybala as well? Oh, man. That that, that would that would be crazy. I mean, yeah. I think Dybala is def- definitely leaving. Um, I think Juve. he's a free agent this year. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't think he wants to stay. No, um, Dybala wants to leave. He's gonna yeah, leave yeah. He's he's definitely out of there. But Dybala is going to leave. Um, apparently, they're saying. I mean, they're they're not saying, but um, apparently, there's former players uh, trying to convince Napoli to sign Dybala too. Uh, that would be huge for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, going back to Skamaka. Yeah, I think, I think um, Inter are actually trying to do. They're trying to do this. They're trying to get both Skamaka and Berardi. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, that'd be interesting. Because so, yeah. Inter Inter plays some variant of a three back, five back type of thing. Um, so I'd be interested in would be Berardi being converted into some form of right wing back. Or would they be trying to convert him into playing more up top and striker? Because um, Antonio Conte is the is he he's the manager of Inter Milan, right? No, it's uh, no, it's not. No, it's, in, it's Inzaghi. Oh wait, no, Con- Conte moved. I forgot. Conte moved to, to where did he move to? Spurs. Spurs. He, did, Spurs. he did. He did. He, he did, left. He did. But they they are still playing that three back because I know he he actually took a uh, Kulusevski is where he did from Juve. He's yep. been good there, but. Yeah, but they play that sort of like five back, three back type of formation. So they play Ber- a three five two. Yeah, Berardi would be interesting. I'm guessing he would play more up top than he would be converted. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, someone who might get sold that has been having a phenomenal season this year in Serie A, Tammy. Abraham. Abraham, yes. Tammy oh. Abraham, that is my boy. I'm so upset. He, and I was, I just saw a Twitter video, and people in uh, Roma, the Roma supporters, love Tammy Abraham. I mean, he has, tw- what is it, 20, 23 goals in all competitions. He's tied third in the Serie A with 15. Um, and he had seven, he has seven goals in uh, eight Conference League games. Um, he's just such a phenomenal striker, and I'm going to go on and on about him. I absolutely love him. He he's really really fast. He's six foot three. He can win aerial battles as well, and they got him for just thirty four million. And now they've slapped in a hundred million price tag on him this summer because he has a buyback clause next summer for sixty seven million for Chelsea. Abraham is big. He is he's, he's big and he's, he's fast too. Like he big. takes fast he's built he takes a little bit to get going but once he gets going he's like he's really really fast and he's and he was under he was underused at Chelsea I mean he was their top goal scorer and then the next season they went and bought Timo Werner and uh they just they just didn't use him and then they're like yeah we're just just get rid of you he was also at Aston Villa. He did also really good at Aston Villa. Yeah, that was he was on loan the season before. He was the top goal scorer down in the the championship yep. there. Um, I think he was the top goal scorer as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's so good. And I think the problem was is that he's twenty four, and 
nowadays everyone's expecting these kids to come out 1920 kids, like yeah. like Vlahovic and Mbappe Holland just coming out firing like you got to give <laughs> some kids take a little bit to develop it's just like now like er, like all these clubs like you mentioned are trying to find that next guy to take them to the next step like there's going to be the Hollands and Mbappes even I know it's going to sound biased, but Alfonso Davies, when he came to Bayern, he was like 19, 20 years old, and he was an amazing left back. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to try and look for these young products that they could have for the long run. Yeah, and those guys are more expensive too. Yep. You know, everyone everyone always expects the next uh, Mbappe, Alad, um, and all these. They, they expect such a wonder kid out of uh, a 22, 23, 24-year-old. Not everyone's going to be like that. Yeah, he's look at Riyad Mahrez. He came on the scene when he was like 27. Look at Vlahovic. I yeah. mean, he's he's he he just he's he just started getting buzz. I mean, he's mm-hmm. now granted he's 22 and but here's the thing, he just started he joined Fiorentina when he was 18. So, he just started to get his attention. Um, so it's like also like in soccer like like they, they like they don't trust the process as much. Right. That's that's all. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, so uh but uh in terms of that, we are out of time here and thanks for wa- thanks for listening to our newest episode of European Football Talk. We can't wait to see to hear to have all you guys uh back next week. Guys, it's uh it's been quite uh it's been we waited quite a while for this, but uh it's good to be back in the studio. Um, so thanks again for listening. Uh, hope you guys have a great day and we'll see you next time.